Good day, everyone, at Golf WRX and Wisdom in Golf. And today we've got a very special guest by the name of Nick Randall at Golf Fit Pro. And um, this is a, an individual that we've had uh, the pleasure of spending a little bit of time with, and uh, especially Munashe. Yeah. Um, and, and we've been uh, really getting familiar with the fitness side in golf and, and Nick's version of the fitness side in golf and, and uh, through our scrutiny yeah. uh, that, uh, you know, I've been in this game for, I've been, I've been teaching golf now for 35 years and uh, been at this game full time for over 42 years. So I've seen quite a, quite a bit of things happening, you know, going from driving your car from event to event and going from the golf course to the bar and smoking, chain smoking cigarettes yeah. and even having a little, you know, a little bottle of nip in the bag <laughs> to what we see today, which is unbelievably different. So, Nick, welcome to the gang, man. Thank you very much for having me, guys. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. And and what a nice reception! It sounds good, huh? From yeah. from down under. Yeah, yeah. Nick's from Australia. What uh, what part of Australia are you in, Nick? The wonders of technology, eh? Yeah. Um, I'm uh, I'm based on the Sunshine Coast, which is about an hour north of Brisbane. It's a coastal community of about three hundred thousand people with some some great golf courses and a, like a really thriving um, golf community, which is increasing all the time at the moment. That's brilliant. And is that basically you're in on the verge of being in the tropical north end of Australia? Correct. Yeah, it's the um, the climate is termed subtropical, which is not unlike um, it's not unlike many parts of Florida actually, except right. we're we're a bit we're a bit milder, so a bit cooler in summer and a bit warmer in winter. So maybe more like a Southern California type. Um, Type climate, but oh. with a bit more hum- bit more humidity. That We're very lucky. Pretty that amazing. sounds just that sounds really good right about now. Yeah, I just had a brisk walk with my wife and the dog, and uh, I was really happy when I got back in the house and I made myself a nice hot coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Love, lovely, lovely uh, uh, February breeze. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially especially uh a, a little bit more uh a little more sizzle in that breeze after you've freshly shaved <laughs> <That's true. laughs> so uh you know munashi right out of the gates got a couple of really cool you know topics to 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 set the tone for for the talk so i'm gonna i'm gonna pass this on to moot okay should we ask him like how he got into? Yeah, yeah. First, uh, Nick, uh, what um, what's your background and uh, what what got into golf fitness? Uh, so if everyone can hear, can learn from you. Yeah. Um, so, Mu, I um, I basically uh, I took a long time to decide what I wanted to do as a career. I, I waited until I was twenty five, twenty six, which yeah. included which included a uni degree that I really didn't know what I was doing with. Um, mm-hmm. Tra- traveling around Europe and backpacking and kind of working in bars. Yeah. I found myself, I found myself in this awesome spot called the Sunshine Coast in Australia. And, um, and I decided just, I went to a, I actually went to a seminar. I went to a little workshop, which was just six, six members from the club. I was working at the bar. Mm-hmm. I was working behind the bar at a golf club and 
there were six members and a, an exercise physiologist was hosting this little workshop, which was a, a, a golf fitness workshop. Yeah. And like, it went from me not having a clue what I wanted to do with my life yeah. to the, the penny just dropping straight away because wow. here's a guy talking. Is a guy talking about okay? Well, this is you know these are some of the ways you can get stronger and more flexible and and, and spend time in the gym um, to get better at golf. And I'm like, man, those are my two passions. I love fitness. I'm a complete gym junkie, and yeah. I'm a golf tragic, and I have mm-hmm. been forever. And so I thought, why not just do what this guy's doing uh, and combine the two? Yeah. And then I and then every day will just feel like I'm just doing my hobbies. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's that's how I started. Yeah, and then it's been a bit of a been an interesting journey since then. I was very lucky early on to uh, start working with some excellent local golf coaches who had um, they were they were also the Queensland state coaches. Yeah, and when and they've they've gone on to be national coaches as well. And they had a, a good stable of players. And um, I just you know I, I showed up with not much experience or hardly any experience, but a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, hung around. I was willing to was willing to work for free a lot and spend a lot of time around these coaches at the start. And um, it led to some fantastic opportunities working with state teams, national teams. One of the guys who I worked with initially, um, uh, actually worked out of his golf academy for four or five years, mm-hmm. Grant Field, uh, coaches Cameron Smith. And so that was a, a huge introduction there. I ended up working with Cameron and that relationship's been going on about 10 years now. Okay. So... That that's how I began, and that's how it evolved. And I've just along the way, I've developed, just tried to develop systems and trying to trying to just improve what I do and, and improve my service offering, right. make it more in, make it more intuitive and effective as I've gone, and and that's led to the development of some tools and and kind of brings us up to date now, I suppose. That sounds so familiar for that- like Moo and I because we're now I'm 25 and Moo's 26, and you know we had have this university degree that you don't really know what to do with. And (laughs) I think now Moo is definitely on the path of what he wants to be doing as a career. We have a Canadian Nick on our hands. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really cool. It's like uh, you went for a walkabout and, um, and had an, an epiphany on the way. Yeah, I mean, if you if I can give you one bit of advice, move, yeah, uh, you know, ca- career advice, it would be just do what you love. Like it's right. so important. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the if whatever other goals you've got, financial or otherwise, will, will come yeah. if you're willing to if you do what you love and you're willing to work hard. For sure, the, I I completely agree with that, Nick. Uh, you know, it's on on my now my dream was to play on tour, and on my way there. Um, I needed to figure out a bunch of things when it came to, you know, golf technique. And I used golf instruction to bring those things out. And then I realized, holy cow, this golf instruction stuff is a blast. Right. And then I, when I finally went out on tour, I'm going, I'm lonely out here. This is lonely. It's, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> I, I want my. I want to talk to my students again. I want to, you know, share some stuff and 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 split some hairs and uh, you know and and really stoke some fires and and uh, and when I when I came back off the tour, you know, I, I was out there for two and a half to three years, full time, and uh, it, that is that is a grind and a half. Yeah, 
And then that's when I knew that, hey, yeah, that's where I, I needed to be teaching golf and, and, and showing people how to have a blast in this. And, and I've always known that fitness was going to be a, a part of this journey, uh, especially now when I'm, I'm 55 years old. And by the way, Nick, I just, I just completed my third workout after Moo trained me on the app. And you were spot on and, and you hit the nail on the head when you said intuitive because, you know, I remember the first workouts that you gave me. Yeah. And uh, he said, okay, here's the exercise and here's what you do. And, I, and he gives me the name of the exercise. And I'm like, what the heck is that? And I'd have to go to YouTube and, and then there'd be some, some titles that were resembling of that. Then I'd look at that and I'm going, maybe that's what he meant. <laughs> yeah. And then with your app, it's just like, Hey, there it is. There's how many reps. There's how much rest that you do between your reps. It's all right there on the app. You just push the button. And, and then if you're, you know, concerned about if you're doing it right or not, you just scroll down and there you are demonstrating perfectly in in that i mean you got such a clean facility where you are there and uh and and you demonstrate it so smoothly and so beautifully and i'm going man this is awesome like i this is really a fun experience and it really is an intuitive experience to just follow along on that app yeah i love it too i'm using it right now as well too to get strength seven i've been training for the past two months on it and it's it's very good yeah i mean and and that's one thing too, you know, and being in the same household and I've, I've seen Moo and Sav, you know, I'm, I'm in my office doing my emails and they're, you know, up they come, they, Hey, how's it going dad? And then boom, they're in the garage and they're jumping on it. And they've been so regular and so steady with this. And I, I just can't wait to see uh, what, how many, you know, what, what fruits this is going to bring this season. It's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. It's, it's really nice to know that you guys are all benefiting from the from the programs and the app. It's good if if you've uh, if you come across any glitches or any any suggestions, please let me know. I'm I'm always trying to get information about how I can make it better. Oh yeah, don't worry. I'll I'll be taking tabs on on the yeah, well, If I have, you know, I'll be I'll be asking Moo. Say Moo, what's this? Yeah, and then he'll go. Well, wait a second. Well, let me ask Nick. <laughs> That's right. And, yeah. and you'll know about it soon enough, Nick. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> Yeah, so Nick, um, as uh, fitness evolves, um, what are you noticing it uh, doing to the PGA and LPGA and, uh, in terms of um, evolution? Where do you think it's going to be heading uh, in the future? Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Eh? I, sp- I spent three years on, on tour, on the PGA Tour, 2015, yeah. 16, and 17. Uh, two of those years I was traveling back and forth, and one of the years I was living in the States and traveling on tour. Yeah. And so... I- I had three years of experience working on tour, working with various different players, Cameron being being the initial one, and then I worked with a few other players as well, mm-hmm. um, all different body types and athletic kind of setups. Right. And you and you see a lot when you're there. So mm-hmm. you spend a lot of time in the locker room. Uh, you spend a lot of time in the fitness truck, in the local kind of designated gym for the week. Yeah. And and you see a lot of you see a lot of the guys um, see a lot of guys working out. Mm-hmm. And you see so many different ways of getting it done. Mm-hmm. There was, there was probably there was probably nine or ten regular trainers who travelled, you know, most weeks on tour. And I was one of them. Yeah, and and you, you just saw so many different approaches, uh, um, but they just seemed to 
they seem to work for the individuals. Okay. Um, well, one thing you didn't see a lot of, to be honest, in those years, 15, 16, 17, was guys doing a lot of max strength and power work during tournaments. Yeah. Uh, that was, that seemed to be mainly reserved for, you know, away, away from tournaments. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was there, but it wasn't necessarily on tour. And the body shapes were starting to change. People were, you know, people were starting to get bigger mm-hmm. and stronger and, and hit the ball further. Mm-hmm. And I feel like obviously Bryson DeChambeau has accelerated that. He's taken, He's taken that philosophy and kind of just really accelerated it and 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 tried to take it to the extreme and seems to be doing it very successfully at this stage, which is interesting. Yeah. So I think before there was a bit of a debate about, well, bigger doesn't necessarily mean faster and more club head speed because you had guys that were fairly lean, mm-hmm. um, DJ, Bubba, mm-hmm. uh, a few others who could still, who were some of the longest players on tour. Right. But now Bryson's just taken that philosophy, and he's obviously stacked on a bunch of muscle. Uh, he looks more like he looks more like a traditional athlete. Yeah, you know, maybe a, a footballer or a, or a big baseballer, for example. Right. And, and he um, and he and he's hitting it miles, like miles and miles and miles. Uh, and it's it, it's incredible what he's done. So I think he will be the catalyst for a new form of golf athlete that looks more like a power athlete i really do believe that it it'll be slow to take off i don't think everyone is going to completely embrace right. putting on yeah. 30 40 pounds and trying to swing out of their shoes right yeah you wouldn't uh, but, see uh, zach johnson or colin morikawa do anything like that but if if you were to guess who the next guy to follow suit would be on tour who would it be it's interesting i, I think that you i don't think it will be someone who's currently on tour yeah, Agreed. because because mo- I think most guys, in my experience, then they've got a good thing. They're already out there. They're making great money. Mm. They and they, and most players aren't prepared to take the risk of yeah of bulk, bulking up massively to 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 try and gain more speed because they think well this could be a detriment to something of good I've already got. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the next wave of players you won't see you won't see the big really power athletes come through for another three, four, five years because I think those players are currently college kids or high school players. Right. And they're thinking, well, I've got nothing to lose. I may as well shoot for the stars. I may as well get as big and fast as I can and see what happens. Right. That is... Um, I, I think the current... I think so. I, th- I I agree with you on that one. Uh, apart from Brooks Kepka, there's really mm. no one else that's going to pack on that kind of weight and it's got the framework yeah. to do it. Yeah, he kind of yeah. has like the body type for it. But I do agree with what you say, Nick, is I don't think any of the guys on tour right now are going to make a transformation like Bryson did because, I mean, they're still hitting it. Don't for, fix what isn't broken. Yeah, yeah, but they also hit it very far, and I think they're they're comfortable where they're at. Yeah. Hmm. But like what do you, Bryson is the guy to like uh, set the standards for the new which, generation. Which means Bryson basically is going to have – the run of the the run of the table for the next five years, mm. you know. It, yeah. uh, I think uh, he if he he completes, you know his uh, his weight. I mean, how far how far does he really is it, how much how much more weight can he gain, and muscle can he pack on safely? Um, another twenty pounds, you'd say, Moo? I'd say, but I think he's I think he's at 
where he feels he's efficient yeah. out, out there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, it, it's a lot, to, especially the calories he consumes. You can only push your body so much when it comes to, um, calories. And I think he found the sweet spot for, for, for him being able to pr- be proficient. Well, there. I think he hits it long enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 He's, and also his club of speed's going up. Uh, I've seen a video of him uh, getting up to 147 miles per hour club at speed in his training session. That's, which is, in, that's just incredible. Yeah. I mean, he was he was in the low 120s, high teens right? when he started out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 30 miles an hour. Yeah. That's a huge jump. What I mean, do you, do you know anybody else has been able to do that, Nick? I mean, uh, with your experience on tour, the three years that you were there, who would you say had the biggest jump in, in clubhead speed uh, that, that you had noticed? Jeez, mm, that's a really good question. I know f- from personal experience, working with Cam when he first went out, we, he, he made the – he made two years in a row, he made the second and third biggest gains in – in driving distance um, oh, right. okay. from 2015, 2016, which was really nice to see. So he went from, but it's not like he, he didn't catch any headlines because he went from like 180th on tour right. <laughs> to a hundred to, to, to uh, kind of 120th up to about, up to about sort of 60th in, in the space of two or three years, which was a really good game. And That's it made a big, big game. Yeah. It made a big difference to his game and his scoring ability, mm. but he didn't catch any headlines because he wasn't, in the league of these of the bombers, right? Um, yeah. Well, hey, Savvy, I'd be interested to hear what you think about the the female game and, and where you think where you think that might be headed. Because you've had some players. Uh, I, I have to admit, I don't follow the LPGA very closely, but you've had some players that have hit it long over mm. over the few years, and and they seem to be pretty dominant. You know, yeah. Lexi, uh, Michelle, Michelle Wee. Um, Lorena Ochoa, when she was playing, they 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 hit it considerably further than a lot of the the rest of the field, mm-hmm. and they reap the, they reap the benefits. But do you see do you see the power game transferring to the to the LPGA or the female game anytime soon? Well, I I follow a few of the girls um, on tour who on on their Instagrams, and for Lexi, she I noticed that she likes to lift a little bit heavier than some of the other girls. I noticed a lot of the other girls, they do more lightweight, uh, explosive type of movements. I don't mm. know if there's a market right now for like a bulkier version of a female golfer. Um, I can see probably the long drive competitors in the female category yeah. doing that. Um, there's one girl that I follow on Instagram. I think her name is Cassandra Meyer and she seems to lift, um, considerably heavier than the right. average girl. Um, and then for me personally, because I've been kind of on the soccer side of things and then now I'm transitioning into golf, I don't see myself lifting as heavy as I did when I was playing soccer, um, mm. just in t- just in terms of like soreness and stuff like that. I know for me, when I go out on the golf course, the last thing I want is to be sore when I'm swinging in the club. Right. So I think there's, you can run it out, but you, yeah. can't, you can't swing it out. Yeah, exactly. So I think there has to be a sweet spot in between lifting a little bit heavier, but also not being well, in that sore state because you know, like when you when you have a heavy lift, you'll be sore for the next three four days. Yeah, the central nervous system takes a big shock, so your ability to be you know, sharp 
with your swing uh, it's compromised and I've no I've I've noticed it myself too like I can't push when I'm trying to push for club at speed it's just uh, impossible to swing freely mm-hmm. well think. isn't that something that you talked about in the past too Nick I mean with some of your players on tour it's not like you could lift heavy because if they were competing the next day and they were sore it was definitely going to affect their performance on the course yeah that's it's really interesting and, and golf would be I think fairly unique in in the terms of it's such a feel-based sport and mm-hmm. and players are so sensitive to how their bodies feel yeah. that you're right eliciting any soreness that's not usual can can really throw a player off uh, and then as soon as soon as you get like that that one thing where you okay you have a heavier lift you have a bit of soreness the player doesn't perform as well as he he or she might and then she just put he or she points straight back to the training and says well that's what affected my performance and then they lose confidence in that mm-hmm. training method right and then it's re- it's really hard to get them back to that but but the problem is that you have to if if you want to if you want to Train for strength and power, but not elicit a lot of soreness. You can be clever with the rep ranges. You, you bring the rep ranges right down, um, and so and you and you, you you put the weight up. You put the intensity and the the, the intent of the speed of the lift up, mm-hmm. and you bring the volume right down. So you, then you you minimise the amount of metabolic waste that goes into the muscle, right? Um, and then you can minimise soreness with good recovery protocols, right? But you have to, you have to be doing it on a regular basis. If mm-hmm. you if you take if you if you lift when you're at home for a week and then you go and don't do anything for two weeks when you're on the road and then you lift when you're at home again, you're gonna get sore and you, you exactly. it has to be a it has to be you know, it has to be disciplined and persistent with the training and consistent in order to minimize that soreness. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Use it or lose it, right? If you stop working exactly. out for just two weeks it it, it declines very fast yeah because i know when we were in season for soccer we were only in the gym once a week but they wanted us to keep pushing our weight every week even though we were only in there once a week and so we would come out three four days later still sore and then it's like whoop okay here's a game weekend where we play two games back to back and half of the team is still struggling to recover from the lift you know so that's like a tricky thing, especially I, I can see that being kind of a, a hard thing for people to adjust to on tour is the consistency mm. factor of it. And then I think if you really want to make a change, it would have to be in the off season in terms of like bulking up or whatever the case may be. But I see a lot of the girls just doing that like explosive, like power strengths. Uh, yeah, a lot of plyometrics. Yeah. Uh, I can, yeah I would, would you say that Bryson right now is constantly lifting heavy all the time i i I don't um i don't necessarily follow him very closely but Mm. i would imagine so if you want to retain that much muscle mass then Mm. you've got to eat lift that's got to be eat lift golf that's got to be his life (laughs) yeah yeah just from that perspective uh it's the same for football too like even during season we'll, we'll do um uh push maxes each week just to maintain the strength because your body does deteriorate from uh, obviously from the practices and the, um, the games. But then if you keep, like you said, if you keep maintenance of it, um, that strength will stabilize and also that um, your muscle mass will stabilize as well too throughout that process. The ice baths, the physio. Yeah. Yeah, It was just a, 
Yeah. A never-ending yeah. cycle. And that's, that's one thing that Bryson does swear by is is, uh, is his recovery guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the name eludes me, but he he mentioned them quite uh, uh, elaborately, mm-hmm. uh, saying that without him, he would he would he wouldn't be doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he he definitely has um, a heavy duty recovery protocol. Do you sure. guys think that the LPGA would? like the players on tour would move towards more of like a Bryson style or I don't know. Uh, I don't I, like, I, I'm more along your, your, uh, your opinion, Sav. I mean, they have a product to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, as far as, I mean, in your experience, Nick, when, when you're, when you're uh, coaching a female athlete versus a male athlete, the, the amount of muscle, that a woman can put on is is different than a man, isn't it? Um, in most cases, yeah, females have uh, roughly ten uh, percent of the testosterone, the circulating basal level testosterone that that males do, and and testosterone is obviously one of the main growth hormones. Um, and so, it's in most cases, it, it muscle goes on slower. You're right. Um, so there's but, a, there's a big scientific, you know. Uh, <laughs> obstacle there, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, but you you get some females that have way higher testosterone levels, and they are able to put on muscle almost as quickly as men. And so it really depends on the individual. For sure, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll we'll do some we'll do testing to kind of decipher. Okay, what kind of what kind of human are you? What, what's your capabilities? And then we'll 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 adjust the programming accordingly. Very cool. Now, is there is it? What's the testing protocol when it comes to that? Um, I've just started playing around with. I I, I use it. Um, I use uh, outcome measures for to try and decipher that early on. So I'll test their, I'll test their strengths relative to their body weight. If they do well in that, I'll test their max strength, and then I'll test their power, and that can give me a fairly kind of. Um, albeit subjective idea of what, what kind of person is this? But are they an explosive person? Do they have a lot of fast, you know, fast twitch fibers that they're going to respond well to power and strength training? Or do they kind of move slowly? Is it going to be more of a slow grind um, where we're just going to have to gradually build up over time? And work, um, and work started, on a lot of short game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've started to experiment a little bit with um, – with genetic profiling, but at very, very early stages, and I probably wouldn't be confident to to um, elaborate on that just yet. I need to do some more research and very and, good. Uh, and very good. I, I completely respect that. That's cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's because everyone is so different. Mm. You know, yeah. even if you look at golf swings, every single golf swing is different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for those reasons, I you know, I'm I'm, I'm tend to agree with Sav. I mean, it's more of a maintenance. Some strength, some mobility, um, some um, balance work, mm-hmm. and uh, and and just just a well-rounded, you know, stay in in the best shape possible, so that you can uh, you can you can stay up with the grind of being out on the road all the time. Yeah, and that's what I appreciate about your programs, Nick. That Moo has been running me through is that you know all aspects of strength, mobility, and all that kind of stuff is, it's a very well-rounded program where I know that I'm going to benefit from every single aspect of it and not just, because I kind of had some, like, um, past fears of working out just because 
coming out of those soccer workouts, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like being sore for four, four days <laughs> yeah, anymore, yeah, the trauma you know, yeah, <laughs> it just, yeah. mm. it, I just don't feel like it. Right. I just yeah. want, I want to feel <laughs> fresh and stuff like that, especially when the summer season comes around. Mm. I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel like my golf game is taking a back seat because my body's too sore to perform. Yeah. I'll, you know? I'll have something ready for, um, from from the app, I'll, I'll have something definitely helpful for situations like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The and and we've took we've kicked things off with the kind of like, you know, the sexy power club head speed stuff. But in reality, most recreational and you know club competitive golfers are going to benefit way more from being able to move a bit better, having a bit better flexibility, mm-hmm. improving their balance improving their concepts of how to move properly and get the most out of their golf swing and their body. Mm-hmm. And and once you do those things really well, then you can start to look at, okay, well, now I'm going to get stronger and more powerful because unless you're, you're moving efficiently and using the ground properly, uh, there's no point getting stronger because if you're not going to be able to put that power down, that increased strength and power down because you're, you're lacking in one of those key fundamentals, then there's not a lot of point in doing it in the first place. Agreed. Yeah, to, to me, it has, you know, that's something that um, has to be driven into young people at school. You know, got to find a creative way for gym class. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, to, for people to really embrace and enjoy working out and, and to, to make it a part of their life. Because, I mean, it was never a part of my life. You know, it's like, are you kidding me? You want me to go to the gym and waste time? I'd rather go hit a bucket of balls. Thanks very much. <laughs> and I was, I was like Bubba. You know, my workout was hitting a bucket of balls and going out and, 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 and walking 18 holes, sometimes 36. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how I stayed in, in golfing shape, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But now I'm telling you, at, at age 55 years old, I can, I can see the importance of of staying mobile and I'm, I'm looking 20 years ahead right now and, and I don't want to be a, a person that's all shriveled up and, and not being able to move. Yeah. You can't have any weak links in the chain. That's it. And yeah. so, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful that I've surrounded myself with these, these wonderful young people who love fitness and, um, and we were able to stumble upon you, Nick. So very thankful. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that longevity is, is key. Hey, I mean, you've got you've got so many wider reaching benefits than just golf performance as well. Yeah. If if you can if you can keep mobile, uh, you know, if you can keep your flexibility and your mobility through your key joints, um, if you can stay balanced and stable, if you can maintain your core strength, you just your, your whole quality of life improves. Uh, yeah, I've seen such amazing results from people that uh, who have come to me for for golf fitness um, and they've got a specific golf goal in mind and in pursuit of that goal we've worked on really basic stuff of just getting them moving better improving their stability balance mobility and and then they're telling me about all these other things that now they're before they were tentative and they were worried about doing that they couldn't do and now you know they're, they're, they're doing them as just part of everyday life um, so the benefits can yeah, the benefits are just massive outside of golf, which is, let's face it, you know, we yeah. all think that golf is the most important thing in our life. It's really not. <laughs> and, That's true. And it, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I need to be in shape to get to, to play with my grandkids, my future grandkids. Nutrition is, it plays a, a huge role too. Um, 
you know, I mean, you, you don't want to be, uh, you, you, you know, when I'm, when I'm looking, thank God I learned how to eat by the time I was 50 years old, you know, and, uh, it only took me 50 years to figure it out. <laughs> But the, the latest research, you know, you look at the, with the ketogenic diets and, and the paleo diets and, and you look at how, how, mu- how far we've come in, in learning how to put the right fuel in our bodies uh, so that we can, you know, do the things that we love to do uh, because, you know, there's no sense in hitting the gym and, and not doing something about your nutrition when you're 40, 50 pounds overweight. Uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And um, when I when I shed my forty five pounds for the third time in my life, yeah, I said, "Man, that's it. And there's no more of that." And 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 because I finally figured out how to eat, and I'm you know, and it's it's my seventh year and still going strong. Um, and and there's no way I'm I'm looking back. And when I look at, you know, what Bryson's doing, <laughs> I mean. It's kind of neat that you know you can, it's like a, have a buffet dinner every time you every every night so that you you can pack on those pounds. I'm not sure that that kind of a diet would would suit a 55 year old though. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I mean, it'd be a, it'd be a recipe for disaster. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of uh, a little bit of youthful metabolism there helping him out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and it's not all muscle that, that Bryson's packed on. He's, he's put on plenty of body fat as well, Yeah, it, which is a, a, an unavoidable um, an unavoidable um, side effect of, of eating that big and gaining that much weight, unless you're on taking kind of anabolic steroids. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah. that's basically what bodybuilders do. They go through a stage where they're going to pack on a lot of fat and muscle and, and then and build the muscle and then and then basically – lean out with a fast or something like that and then and then go and uh and and perform yeah it's a pretty pretty unhealthy and not very balanced way of living your life <laughs> yeah psychologically <laughs> yeah. that's not that's not good for you <laughs> long term yeah, I, I think i think it can create very a very poor relationship with food yeah yeah 100 <laughs> percent. but I, I talk about i've talked about this a few few times recently with clients where they've got these they've got these dual goals where they want to lose some they want to lose some body fat, but they also want to build some strength and, and, and lower their handicap, for example. And um, I try and talk to them about seeing it as two different things. So seeing the exercise portion as seeing the exercise, essentially training to improve your physical characteristics. So your, um, your performance characteristics, your mobility, stability, strength, and then eating to lose the weight. Yeah. So don't yeah. don't use exercise to try and lose the weight. Yeah. It's what you put in your mouth, or specifically what you don't put in your mouth, which is going to be directly relative to your body composition. Mm-hmm. Bingo! That yeah. is there's wisdom yeah. right and there. I experienced that firsthand because, you know, after my soccer career ended, I, to be very honest, I did not want to go anywhere near a gym, and mm. I also was so in the habit of eating the way I was eating for soccer that it didn't even phase me to maybe adjust my portions or, (laughs) you know, maybe not eat what I was eating. So I ended up putting on um, some weight and it was beginning of last year in January where it really hit me and, 
you know, I had been in and out of the gym here and there, but was still eating the way I was eating for soccer. And, you know, I hopped on the scale and there goes 151. And I said, whoa, that's the heaviest I've ever been. Um, We need to make some adjustments here. So I essentially, my mom and I, we were kind of on the same journey of wanting to, to lose some weight. And we started off with just calorie counting. Come to realize that there's a lot more that goes into just counting your calories, right? So that didn't work for us at all. And then we hopped on Weight Watchers and that... But it's a modified, Chain. modified it, yeah. Weight Watchers because you already everything. Yeah, you were already eating healthy. Yeah, it's not like you were, you know, eating cake and you know and, no, and, and no. things like that. I I've mean, always, it was an athletic, yeah. it was an athletic diet. Yes, mm. like I was always eating healthy foods, but just too much of it. And yeah. then mm. being on the Weight Watchers program was very eye opening in terms of losing the weight, and that's what finally lost the weight for me. I lost twenty five, twenty six pounds. So. You know, it helped you identify the macronutrients and the and the yeah m- micro, as well as portions. Yeah, it was just hard finding the balance between you know, eating enough healthy fats, but also not eating too much of the healthy fats. Because even eating those healthy fats, if you eat too much of it, yeah. you're gonna pack on the pounds. That's what I've noticed. Uh, I I had to go to to make my adjustment to because I I went all the way down to one ninety. And then I started packing on the weight again. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, well, I'm doing the same thing as I did when I was losing the weight, but the body adjusts. Mm-hmm. And what I did is just simply get rid of a meal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I start, you know, I went to intermittent fasting and, and then it stabilized all over again. So now I have two meals a day, maybe a snack once in a while in between, but I'm eating in an eight hour window. And I found that that was really beneficial and I, I could still have that massive portion. Yeah. And I think my next, my next, my next gig is going to be either go the same way you did, Sav. Mm-hmm. And for those two meals a day, um, just check on, check the, the points yeah. or go to one meal a day. Right. And uh, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> to be determined. I, I st- yeah, yeah, to be determined. I'm, I'm, I'm still at 200 pounds, so I, I'm, I'm, uh, I've been 195 to 200 for a while, and I don't feel the rush, you know, the need to go, but mm-hmm. I, I really feel a lot better skinny in my... I feel that way, too. Even now working out with Moo and through your program, Nick, it's, I feel, I feel lighter, I have more energy, I feel more mobile, just mm-hmm. having lost the 25 pounds, and now I feel like yeah, I can really work hard in the gym and it's going to benefit me. Mm. That's good. That's really good. Cool. Yeah. Mm. Did you have any other questions for me, Nick? Yeah, um, Nick, I was wondering, um, what would you uh, advise you know people who are 50 or older and how they should uh, approach their goals in terms of uh, fitness so that they can you know, relate it to their golf game or improve their golf game with the, mm. with the, uh, since, since the fitness is growing in the business right now. Yeah. I think the, the first thing I would recommend would be get to know your, get to know your golf movement patterns, get to know your tendencies through working with a quality coach. Right. Uh, so you can find out, okay, well, this is what I actually need to do in my golf swing in terms of maybe it's rotation Maybe it's uh, maybe it's pressure through the ground. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's um, you know the way your arms are interacting with your body. Get to know your tendencies first. Then, 
um, seek out a service, a person or, or an online service, whatever it might be, that, that can help do a physical assessment on you to work out whether you have any direct limitations physically that are affecting your movement patterns in your golf swing. Right. The first, the first point of call is knowledge. So you've got to know your golf swing, then you've got to know your body, mm-hmm. and then you've got to make a plan about how to improve your body Mm-hmm. So you can improve your golf swing. It has to all work backwards like that. Okay. So, so once once you know your movement patterns in your golf swing, once you know your physical stuff, and you've got your plan, mm-hmm. then it's about then it's about just staying consistent and staying disciplined, and just making sure that you you take the time to take the time to to realize results and and and, and come to the realization that this making physical changes takes a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Just, just, just like in the golf swing, there is no magic genie. There's no, you know, there's, there's <laughs> no uh, quick fix, you know, all in one pill. Same for the physical stuff. You've really got to take the time, make a proper plan and stick to it consistently over a, it's a, a, it's a, a, a lifestyle choice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Often it does. Often it doesn't involve a change in lifestyle. It, yeah. It really can. Because I, I don't see, I, I really cannot see myself stopping the gym routine until I'm on the other side of the divot. <laughs> right? Yeah. What's, you know, otherwise you just shrivel up. You, don't, you know, mm. you, if you don't use it, you lose it. That's right. And mm. uh, I, think, uh, I think it's important that everyone adapts there, I mean, this is, you know, for for all of the 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 Medicare plans that we have, you know, it's 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 to benefit society as a whole, and to, you know, if you're healthy and you stay out of the hospital, let's well, uh, let's let's less tax dollars for everyone to pay into, right? And uh, I, I think that um, a, a really good contribution to society is hey. Don't eat crap. Feed yourself properly, and make sure you stay mobile, and so that you know you don't have a, a an easy slip and fall. Yeah. You got the reflexes to to fall properly or to to catch yourself, and um, and and you stay out of the hospitals. Absolutely, that's a that's a great uh, that's a great quote by Brett Contreras, which is who's a strength and conditioning coach across various different sports. And he, it goes, I'll probably butcher this, but it goes along the lines of, um, if you think lifting weights is dangerous, try being weak. Being weak is dangerous. Yeah. That is big time wisdom right there. Yeah. yeah. But I, I love the idea, Sean, that you were just saying that you've got, it's, it's, it's not only a responsibility to yourself to be healthier and, and prevent injury and, and try and prevent long-term illness. You've got a responsibility to, to the rest of us as well. It's, uh, Absolutely, it's, it, you, 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 you just—it's not responsible to to increase your social burden by being a, a ticking time bomb, health-wise. Yeah. Well, I hope yeah. uh, I hope a lot of people are listening about that, and they're going to reach out to you, Nick. And um, you know, if if anybody has any questions regarding the nutrition, the you know the success that Savannah and, and my wife Nita have gone through, um, don't don't be afraid to send us an email. You can. Uh, send send the email to info at wisdomandgolf.com and we'll be glad to pass that on to Moo and Sav. 
And you get uh, you get to see us at wisdomingolf.com, of course. And Nick, where do we find you? You can find me at uh, GolfFit Pro, which is golffitpro.net. You can also, if you have an iOS device, an Apple device, you can search me on the App Store. I have a I have an app that the guys have referred to throughout the, the session called GolfFit Pro, um, and that can get you started with a month free trial. That what a what a great name that is. Pro. That's one yeah. of that's one of the names you go, man, I should have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh wishing you continued success. And we're definitely gonna we're gonna stay on the bandwagon big time. And uh I can't wait to uh to give you some feedback in a couple of months. Right now I, I was at 115 miles an hour and over the course of COVID and, and, and less physical activity, I've gone down to 111, 112 club speed with the driver. And um, now I'm going to be doing your program three times a week. So in about two, how would you, would you say in about three months, I should see a small difference? I think so, mate. Yeah, I, I think um, in about three months, I would expect you to get back up to those levels, especially if you're doing, if you're incorporating swing specific swing speed training as well so if you're doing a super speed protocol that matches up really nicely with my strength and stability protocols as well very good very good awesome man well enjoy the week everyone and uh till next time all the best take care thanks guys thank you nick